Oh, God is good. Well, the Bosco family is doing well. The Lord is our keeper. Hallelujah. We put up a new basketball hoop this past weekend. Yeah. I figured it's my last chance. I, I, I really want to uh, audition for the Celtics. So I figured I better get a hoop. I'm a little concerned now because they just, just signed Shaq. And that was the position I was going to go for. So I just got to work a little harder, that's all. Work a little harder. Now, interesting with the Celtics, I don't know if you've heard this or not, but they've done something that's unprecedented in the uh, NBA. They have signed a contract with the, uh, one of the Disney princesses, which is interesting. And no one's ever done that before. But they signed a contract with Cinderella. But what ended up happening, there would be a lot of issues and a lot of problems on the court because Cinderella would always run away from the ball. See? So, it's not doing very well. You know, this is the day that the Lord has made. And we will rejoice and be glad in it. Anybody know where that scripture is? This is the day the Lord has made and we will rejoice and be glad in it. Anybody know where that is? Psalm, that's Psalm 118, verse 24. Did you know that that scripture is not talking about a 24-hour period? It's actually a prophetic scripture. If you get a chance to go back and read it, it's speaking of the time when Christ would come. When the, the stone that the builders rejected would become the chief cornerstone. When the salvation of God would be made available to anyone who would believe. This is the day. It speaks of the day, the accepted and acceptable year of the Lord. The time when salvation and the free favors of God abound to anyone who believes, no matter where you may be from, who you are, or what you've done, the salvation of God is available to you. Isn't that exciting? Are you excited about that? I am. Are you happy about it? Are you glad about it? Are you hungry for it? Can you taste it? Have you cultivated an appetite for it? How many people in here could honestly say at least one time in their life they have sat down and had a really good meal? At least once. One time. All right, so we can all relate. Some of us more than others. Well, I can relate to cultivating an appetite for a good meal. I grew up in an Italian family. And in my home, uh, we had home cooking. No TV dinners. No Chef Boyardee. Mama made everything. And when it was time to come to the table, it was mangiare time. Amange. And when you sat down, there was food on your plate. And as you began to eat the food on your plate, more food was being put onto your plate. It was just an ongoing process. And if you resisted, 
So, oh, no thanks. The reaction was, what's wrong? Are you sick? I said, well, well, if not being able to eat four pounds of pasta and a pound of meat in one sitting is sick, I guess I'm sick. You know? But that's how we did it. You know, it just kept coming and coming and coming. But there was one, one thing that I liked in particular as a child, and all of my siblings liked, were my mom's raviolis. Now, that may not mean anything to you because you probably never had them. Uh, but my mom would make her own. She'd, she'd, she'd make her own dough, and she'd knead it, and she'd roll it and spread it out, and she'd, she'd cut uh, the pattern for the raviolis, and she'd fill it with her own ricotta cheese mix, and then she'd make those things. And they were probably about three inches across and about an inch thick. I mean, two or three of those things, and you're all set. And, and we had those regularly, and we cultivated an appetite for my mom's home cooking and for those raviolis. And we knew there was only one place we could get them. That's what's good about home cooking. The only place you can get it is at home. That's my favorite restaurant. I tell my family all the time, my favorite restaurant is at, is at our table at home for my wife's cooking. It's, a, it's my favorite place to eat. There's only one place I can get my wife's cooking, and that's at home. So here I am as a boy, and I remember going to school on a school menu, and I see raviolis on that day. I thought, all right. I love raviolis. So I checked raviolis. That's what I'll get that day. And I think lunch was like 75 cents or something like that. This is back in the 20s. But uh, so I'm in my lunch line thinking raviolis, raviolis. I love raviolis. And I remember my reaction when I walked up to the counter and the lunch ladies slopped these skinny, floppy little things onto my tray. I mean, I was insulted. They just kind of... You know, flopped there on my tray, and they vibrated when you walked because there was there's nothing to them, and they were little. And I thought, I, I wondered, I really, what are those? And I looked at the other things. I knew well the peas. That wasn't raviolis. That's not Those are the raviolis. I never had them before like that. And then it got worse. I sat down and tried them, and you couldn't get them on your fork because they were so soggy. You know. And you stick, and you finally get it on there. It's flopping there in the wind. And you take a bite, and that was it. I thought I'd just been robbed, you know. I said, "How dare they tell me we're having raviolis today?" But you know what? Everyone else around me was just enjoying them because they haven't tasted what I tasted. See, they had Chef Boyardee at home and TV dinners. I didn't have that. See, so as far as they knew, that was raviolis. See, when you ha- when you've had the real thing. You have no appetite for the phony. Right? The title of tonight's message is Bon Appetit. Anybody know what that word, that phrase means? It's a French phrase. Bon, good, appetit, appetit, good appetite. Right? And that's what someone may say to you when you come to a restaurant or before you have a meal. They say, Bon Appetit. In other words, they want you to have an appetite for the, for the meal that's been prepared for you. I like that word appetite. Appetite. It's, a, it's a, a strong longing. It's an eagerness. It's a great desire. And it comes from the Latin word apato. And listen to this. It means to desire, to ask, to supplicate, and to seek. Bon appétit. Let's pray. 
Father, we thank You tonight for the meal that You've prepared for us in Your Word. And Lord, we realize that that Your Word is the food that we need to experience life. We can't live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds out of Your mouth. Father, cultivate in us an appetite for You and for all that You are and for Your ways. That That our appetite for You would be the chief appetite of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Bon appétit, good appetite. To desire, ask, to supplicate, to seek. So when I choose to seek something, when I set my sights on something, I'm choosing to cultivate an appetite for that thing in my life. Did you know that the appetites of our lives are cultivated, made stronger or weaker, by the choices that we make each day? Yep. We are the ones who cultivate the appetites of our lives. No one else can do it for you. In fact, our Master, the Lord Jesus Christ, the chief cornerstone, He teaches us about the appetites of our lives in Matthew chapter 6, verse 21, when he says, For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Where what is your treasure? That which you've chosen to seek. For whatever you consider to be valuable your heart will follow after that. Whatever you consider valuable and choose to seek, you're cultivating an appetite for that in your life, and your heart will follow after that, good or bad. It's important to understand that the message translation says it this way. It's obvious, isn't it? The place where your treasure is, is the place you will most want to be and end up being. Now, hopefully you haven't gotten caught up in the the flood tide of secular thinking and you realize that we are not animals. We've never been animals. We don't come from animals. I hope you realize that. We're very different than animals. Always have been, always will be. We, mankind, we were created in the image and likeness of God. What does that have to do with an appetite? Animals live by instinct. They just do what they were made to do. We do not. We're free. We don't live by instinct. We're free beings with a free will. Why? Because we were made in the image of the free one. He's free. He can do whatever he wants to whenever he wants to. And he made us in his image. We can do whatever we want to whenever we want to. We're free. It's important to understand that because we don't have to choose to seek after 
good things. We don't have to. It's up to us. Understanding that we're free beings. We can do whatever we want to. That we can choose to treasure whatever, whatever we, whatever we uh, pick. It's important that we realize that, what, that the choices we make result in consequences. I mean, we can choose to treasure something that's bad, but we've got to understand that bad consequences will follow as a result of that choice. See, I can't jump in the swimming pool without getting wet, right? I can't choose to sin against God without my life being affected. Can't happen. And we fool ourselves into thinking that we can. That we can choose to do whatever we want and everything's going to work out fine. And that's a deception. Our choices have consequences. So, and and now that's just the truth, isn't it? That's just the truth. It's good to know the truth. There's nothing heavy about that. It sets you free. See, I want to know that. I want to know that my choices have consequences. I want to know what's going to happen if I do something. If I do such and such, what will happen? Oh, then I won't want to do such and such. See, we have a book of of choice and consequence, don't we? Right? God is so good to us. He gives us a manual and He tells us exactly what will happen depending on what we choose. Doesn't He? So it's important to understand when we're talking about the appetites of our lives that it is our choice. And that the quality of my life depends on the choices that I make. Doesn't depend on my parents, doesn't depend on my on society or the world around me. But I am the one who's been empowered by God to be free. So if I want good things, In my life, I must choose personally to treasure good things. If I don't want bad things in my life, I personally must choose not to treasure bad things. Do you know God implores us, the master chef, all throughout his book, to choose him? Proverbs 3, verses 5 and 6 says, trust. That's choosing the Lord. Trust in the Lord. Choose the Lord. Trust in the Lord. With all your heart. All that you are. And lean not on your own understanding. Acknowledge Him. Know Him. Confess Him. Seek Him. Bon appetit. In all your ways. Choice, result, and He will direct your paths. I don't know about you, but having the master of the universe directing my path is a positive. Right? Right? Having the master coordinate the circumstances and situations and details of my daily life is a huge plus. So I want that result. 
So, correspondingly, I make that choice to trust in the Lord with all my heart, to lean not on my own understanding, to acknowledge Him, confess Him, know Him, seek Him in all my ways. And He's right. It, it, it really works. It really works. Let's look in the, in the cookbook of life. In Psalm 34, let's look at an example of a heart that chose to treasure the Lord. Psalm 34. We're going to start in verse 1. Listen to these words and see if it doesn't whet your appetite. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear and be glad because it's in my mouth. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt His name together. I sought the Lord. I chose to treasure Him, to seek after Him, to value Him and His ways. And He heard me, and He delivered me from all my fears. Those who look to Him are radiant. Their faces are never covered With shame. This poor man called. What do you call with? Your mouth, right? And the Lord heard him. And saved him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him and delivereth him. There's another choice and consequence. Fear the Lord and he commands his angels concerning you. That's a positive. I want that result in my life. So I make the choice. Fear the Lord. Right? Choose, receive. Choice, consequence. Very simple. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusteth in Him. What is the primary body part that we use to taste and eat. Yeah. Mouth, right? Our mouth. Notice the scripture doesn't say, think and see that the Lord is good. The mind. Doesn't say run and see the body. Why does it say taste and see? Because the mouth comes first. When it comes to the appetites of your life and cultivating the right appetites of your life or the wrong, the mouth comes first. Say that with me. The mouth comes first. Proverbs 18.21 says, Death and life are in the power of the mouth. Tongue. Exactly. Talking about your mouth. The mouth comes first. How many references 
do we see to the mouth in those first eight verses? Quite a few. Your mouth will lead your heart. Did you know that? Your mouth will lead your heart. Never have I met a person who has a potty mouth and a happy, fulfilled heart. Potty mouth equals potty heart. Choice consequence, right? The mouth will lead your heart. Did you know that you cannot, as a Christian, renew your mind without your mouth? Can't do it. You can think you're saved all you want to. But how do we become saved? That if you confess with your mouth, see, mouth comes first, that Jesus is Lord. See, I'm making a choice now. I'm choosing to value Jesus as the Christ and as my Lord. Now my heart's going to follow after that. That if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, you can't experience God's salvation without your mouth. You can't experience divine health. Without your mouth. In the beginning was the Word, right? John 1.1 1, 1 just makes sense. Everything starts with the Word. What do we use to produce words? Our mouth. The mouth will lead your heart. Right? The mouth will lead your heart. In the beginning was the Word. Romans 10.9 and 10. That if you confess with your mouth, Jesus says, Lord, and believe in your heart, that God raised from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with a heart that we believe resulting in righteousness, but is with the mouth that we confess resulting in salvation. By His wounds, I have been healed. i got to say it with my mouth. 107, Psalm 107, 2. Let the redeemed of the Lord use their mouth. Right? Because your mouth will lead your heart. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. I am redeemed from sin. Try saying that with me. I am redeemed from sin. I am redeemed from sin. Try saying this. The curse of sin is broken in my life. I'm dead to sin and alive to Christ. Christ lives in me. Do you feel anything when you say that? You keep talking like that. It will change your life. It will lead your heart to a whole new level of living. See? So the Lord wants to exhort us tonight to use our mouths to cultivate the right appetites in our lives. To put God's Word in our mouths and speak it over our lives. Again, And again and again. See, you've got to say it and keep on saying it. Do you know if you don't don't keep something in your mouth long enough, you can't digest it properly? Our grandma used to tell us you have to chew something like 8,432 times before you swallow it or something like that. 
But if you don't keep something in your mouth long enough, you don't experience the benefits of it. So it is with the Word of God. You've got to put it in your mouth and keep it in there as you're going through the day. I'm redeemed from sin. The curse of sin is broken in my life. The devil's tempting you at work. The curse of sin is broken in my life. I'm strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. I'm full of the Holy Spirit. I've been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. The life I live, I live by the faith of the Son of God. You see, it's in your mouth. And guess what happens? Your heart begins to digest it. And And the nourishment and the nutrients that are in the Word of God, begin to be absorbed by your spirit. And they begin to ooze into your, into your, uh, your soul and your body. But you've got to keep it in there. Saying it once won't do a thing for you. See, Just like one bite of food wouldn't do anything for you. You keep it in your mouth. Now, I want, to, I want, to wet, I want your appetite to... I want you to be hungry when you leave tonight. But not for Wendy's or KFC. Because you know those things, they satisfy for such a brief period of time. Real food, right? Let me whet your appetite a little bit. Let me read to you Psalm 19, verses 7 through 11 out of the, a few different translations. I'm going to start in the NIV. The Word of God is the food that we need, right? Yes. Verse 7, Psalm 19. The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. These are all positives, aren't they? Results that we want. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The ordinances of the Lord are sure and altogether righteous. They are more precious than gold. What's gold trading for now? Anyone know? Well, the word is more precious than that. They are more precious than gold, than much pure gold. They are sweeter than honey, than honey from the comb. By them is your servant warned. In keeping them, there is great reward. The Amplified reads like this, verses 7 through 11. The law of the Lord is perfect, restoring the whole person. Bon appetit. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure and bright. Enlightening the eyes. The reverent fear of the Lord is clean. Ah, you ever feel dirty? Begin to fear the Lord and let Him cleanse you. See, the reverent fear of the Lord, it cleanses your heart. It purges you from that filth, from that junk of the world we're living in. The reverent fear of the Lord is clean. Don't you feel good when you get out of the shower? And you just cleaned yourself? See, that's what coming into the presence of the Lord with reverence does. It cleanses your heart and your soul. It just, woo, you come out of His presence and you feel like you just stepped out of a shower. Right? A spiritual shower. Clean. 
Hallelujah. The reverent fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The ordinances of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, even than much fine gold. They are sweeter also than honey and drippings from the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is your servant warned, reminded, illuminated, and instructed. And in keeping them, there's great reward. Choice, consequence. New century version. The teachings of the Lord are perfect. They give new strength. The rules of the Lord can be trusted. They make plain people wise. The orders of the Lord are right. They make people happy. The commands of the Lord are pure. They light up the way. Respect for the Lord is good. It will last forever. The judgments of the Lord are true. They are completely right. They are worth more than gold, even the purest gold. They are sweeter than honey, even the finest honey. By them your servant is warned. Keeping them brings great reward. The message translation, verses 7 through 11. It's a good meal, isn't it? The revelation of God is whole and pulls our lives together. Do you feel fragmented? Kind of like your life's pulled in all different directions? You don't feel whole? The revelation of God, the Word of God is whole and will pull your life together. The signposts of God are clear and point out the right road. The life maps of God are right, showing the way to joy. The directions of God are plain and easy on the eyes. God's reputation is 24 karat gold with a lifetime guarantee. The decisions of God are accurate down to the nth degree. God's word is better than a diamond. Better than a diamond set between emeralds. You'll like it better than strawberries in spring. Better than red, ripe strawberries. There's more. God's Word warns us of danger and directs us to hidden treasure. God's Word warns us of danger and shows us the path to hidden treasure. Hmm. Let's look at some more scriptures. Psalm 119. I'm going to read verses 101 through 105 in the Amplified in the Message. Psalm 119, verses 101 through 105. I have restrained my feet from every evil way. Choice. Result. That I might keep your word. Hearing, receiving, loving, and obeying it. I have not turned aside from your ordinances, for you yourself have taught me. How sweet are your words 
to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Through your precepts, I get understanding. Therefore, I hate Chef Boyardee. Every false way. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Message translation. I watch my step. See, I watch my step. I, I choose to watch where I step. I personally, as a free being, choose to, to watch what I do. Before I act, I, I consider the Lord. Is this pleasing to Him? Why? Because I want good things in my life. I watch my step, avoiding the ditches and ruts of evil. So I can spend all my time keeping your word. I never make detours from the route you laid out. You gave me such good directions. Your words are so choice, so tasty... I prefer them to the best home cooking. (laughs) With your instruction, I understand life. That's why I hate TV dinners. False propaganda. By your words, I can see where I'm going. They throw a beam of light on my dark path. You eat those words. Put them in your mouth. And just chew on them. Digest them. And you'll find that once you've tasted of the choice food of the Lord and of the Word of God, you will have no appetite for the theories of man. You'll stop running to man to solve your problem. And you'll begin to look to the Lord. Do you realize that man doesn't have the answers you need for your life? And they'll never be able to get them. Because they didn't create you. God did. You can sit in their office 24 hours a day for the rest of your life. They can run every test. They they know on you. And they still won't be able to figure you out. Because man's instruments fall so far short to the Holy Spirit of the living God. See, God can give you an answer for an issue in your life in a moment's time that no one else has any idea or clue about. Bon appétit. So we choose to come to Him. If we have a problem in our lives, whatever it may be, employment, financial, Social, we take it to the Lord. See, that's a a good choice. Because we know if we put it in the Lord's hands, He's going to work it out for our good. We know that, that in all things, God is working for the good of those that love Him. See? I like looking in Luke chapter 2, we don't have time tonight, but at the boy Jesus, at 12 years old, 
He, he had begun as a boy to cultivate this appetite for God and His ways. In fact, at 12 years old, he was in church more than his parents. They had to come looking for him and they didn't know where to look. And finally, the last place they went was church. They should have went there first, see? What was the chief appetite of their heart? Mm. See? But their boy, their 12-year-old boy, he made a choice. The chief appetite of my life is the Father. In fact, that's what he said to him. I- I've made a choice when they asked him, where have you been? What, what, what have you done to him? I made a choice, mom and dad. Right? I've chosen to be all about my Father in my life. I know the world has a lot of other options. I know I could be a lot of other things, but the reality is that the tasty choice words of God provide for me something that nothing else can give me. The reality is the Father created me. And His purpose for my life far outweighs or or blows past anything that man could ever offer to me. So I've chosen to to love Him, to eat His Word, to seek after Him. And we see that all throughout His life and as He got older, even when the devil began to tempt Him. And He hadn't eaten for uh, 40 days and He began to get hungry. And the devil comes to him and, and tempts him to, to uh, use his power. And, and he says to the devil, he says, it's written, man, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. There are times when he was ministering and his disciples got concerned about him because they hadn't had anything to eat. And he said to them, I have meat to eat that you know nothing about. And they're trying to figure out, what does he have, a quarter pounder in his back pocket? What is he talking about? He said, my meat, my nourishment, what gives me strength to do what I need to do is accomplishing the will of the Father. You see, there is unparalleled strength in choosing Christ in choosing the Father as number one in your life. So as we go throughout our day, we're not letting ourselves get distracted and and, and worn out and fragmented like the world. We're at peace. We've made a choice. The Father's first. Knowing Him and His ways. That's the chief appetite of our lives. So we're going through our day with our minds stayed on Him. Just like I would be sitting in the living room as a kid and I'd smell those raviolis cooking in the kitchen, right? We've got that aroma of the presence of the Lord in our nostrils as we're going through the day. Because we, 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 we supped with Him before the day began, before we got in our car and went to work. We, had, we sat with Him. And the aroma of His presence is making our mouth water all throughout the day. And we never want to get too far from Him. See? Matthew 6.33, Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. We know that verse. It says, Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. There's a choice. What's the result? All these things. Right? Clothes more than Solomon and all of his glory. Right? Everything you could ever need and more will be added to you. 
Seek. Remember the word appetite means to seek. So what's he saying? Cultivate knowing God, the kingdom of God, the righteousness of God as the chief appetite of your life. And all of these things will be added to you. Bon appetit.